Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. How many of y'all been enjoying this series over the last four or five weeks talking about David? And we're going to extend it over the next couple of weeks too. But um, I've had people text me and, and tell me how much they've enjoyed watching it. And really, it got to the point where they were saying, I'd never heard this story before. And then sometimes it's just, I'm awestruck and wonder because I was raised in church. I mean, I knew David and David and Goliath. And, but there are so many things that you can glean out of the word of God. There's so many cool stories. I know I said this a couple weeks ago, but as I'm digging into this thing, man, there is, there is just a wealth of, of great stories, novels. You like Harlequin? No, never mind. I said that last week. Nobody likes those anymore. But there's just so much you can glean from these, these stories. So I'm going to ask you to continue to dig into the life of David. But we know that we start out, but to ask, does God have a plan for my life? And then we talk the next week, is there a purpose in my struggle? And last week we talked about, is there something worth fighting for? Today, the title of my message, it ain't going to take me 10 minutes to get there, but I'm just give it to you right now. How to overcome problems in life. Anybody got any problems up in here this morning? Is your problem sitting next to you right now? Oh Lord. No, my, my answer is sitting on the front row here. That was pretty good. I get brownie points for later, but I don't know if y'all remember, come on, Brett Durbin remember this 1985 Lexington, Kentucky, Georgetown versus Villanova in the national championship game. They gave Villanova no chance of, Georgetown was a juggernaut, juggernaut, I can't say that one very good. They had the best team in college basketball, and Villanova was the number eight seed. They gave them no chance. I think they were double-digit underdogs to them. And much like David in his life, you know, David felt invisible. He felt looked down upon, and he felt insignificant, and he was labeled as lesser than. That's what they labeled Villanova as. But let me just tell you, I'll tell you later how the story is, but the story didn't end there. David goes up on the scene. He sees what's happening, and what's happening is we have a, a, an army on this side, and we have an army on that side. And they're standing out there, and they're looking at each other, and they're getting ready to fight the battles. And at that time, a lot of times the, what they did is they sent their best warrior out to fight the battle for them. Um, so they did this. Here's the problem that they had. Did you ever see the movie Troy? Anybody seen the movie Troy? The ladies are like, no, I've never seen that movie before. It's like one of my favorite movies. And he looks back and, he's, and this guy monster comes out and all of a sudden they cut Achilles. And Achilles comes out there and he's smaller. That was much about what happened. Why were they standing there going through this? Because there was no action going on because there was a Goliath out there. Let me just t let me tell you that what he did. He was over nine feet tall. His armor weighed 125 pounds. His armor probably weighed what David weighed. He had a 12-foot spear. Our ceilings are 13 feet tall. Can you imagine a 12-foot spear that weighed 70 pounds and the tip of that spear alone weighed 15? Come on, I can't even do a 25-pound curl sometimes. You imagine trying to lift that thing over your head. So that tells you the enormity of who this guy was. 
He went for 40 days and he stood there and he walked out in the middle and said, is there not a, a champion of the Israelites that will come out and fight me? Is there not someone? Are you all a bunch of cowards? And then what happened was he started cursing God. He started saying, your God is weak and, and your God is this and that. And he said, come on, choose one person to come out and fight me man to man, MMA style. Come on, we're going at it. Can I just tell you, maybe there's a giant in your life. Maybe there's a situation, maybe there's a circumstance, maybe there's a person who stands before you each and every day and taunts you. Come on. What's your giant saying to you? Is your giant saying to you, you're not good enough? Is your giant saying to you, you'll always be this way because the way you were raised? He, let me just tell you what, y'all are too quiet in here because you've got giants in your life that are standing before you each and every day telling you the same thing. They've been telling you that for generations. And today we're going to break that off in the name of Jesus. What happens is it's sent by the enemy to discourage you, to distract you, listen, to intimidate you. I mean, Goliath was huge. And what it does, it blocks us from moving forward. The Israelites were standing and they were scared to death because of this insurmountable giant that was standing in front of them. But let me tell you something. When you focus and when you meditate on Goliath's size, when you meditate on how well-armed he is and how seemingly insurmountable he may be and unbeatable he is, you begin to magnify the Goliath. You begin to magnify Goliath and the problem in your life. Come on, when you start seeing how big that thing is, all of a sudden you make it that much bigger in your mind. Maybe Goliath has been standing in your life for a generation. Maybe it's been rejection and maybe it's been fear. Maybe it's been unknown failures. Maybe it's been your past. Maybe you've lived, grown up, grown up in poverty. What's your unidentified giant though? Is it hidden family secrets, how you were raised? Does that giant keep up rearing his ugly head on you and give you remembrances of what happened to you when you were a child? Come on, is, that, is it family issues? Is it abandonment? Is it things that you went through? A lot of times we talk about fear and anxiety and depression. Those are all true things, but what are the hidden things that talk to you each day? Come on, y'all, it's spinning in your mind right now. There are hidden things that talk to you and taunt you each day like Goliath was doing to the Israelite army. But there is a problem to this giant. And the problem to this giant and your giant had found a solution. Here comes David walking up on the scene. Little scrawny kid, probably about 15 to 17 years old. And he was a shepherd boy. Never had any battle experience, let me tell you. There were some battles that he fought, but it wasn't the way they thought it would be. He was sent to feed his brothers. He was the underdog. Last week I told you he was sent to feed mac and cheese to his brothers. What an assignment to go on there. But the underdog shows up and he comes on the scene and he sees what's going on and he hears what's going on. He's like, he hears this Philistine out there talking and man, something just rises up in him. Look at 1 Samuel 17, it says this. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending the defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. Who is this guy? Why is he allowed to come up here and talk bad about my God? You, you guys are standing over shaking in your boots and he's talking about our God. He gets mad. And in verse 29, he says this, what have I done now? Because they all got on him and said, you need to be quiet because you're lesser than, you, you don't know anything. He says, what have I done now? 
Is there not a cause? This boy is standing up to a bunch of seasoned men and he stands up and says, is there not a cause? Is there not something worth fighting for? And what happens when he starts rising, raising up his mouth, the word gets back to the king. Listen, when there's something different about you, the word is going to get back to the king. You want to move up, do something right. You want to go in the right direction, just keep on living your life right. Obedience and excellence and character are good, and they'll put you before kings, and they will give you influence. Listen, your character is doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. It's easy to be good in public, but how hard is it to be in private? But let me just tell you what. David was made in the pasture, and now he's going out and being in public. He was made back in those times when it was only him and God. He was made back in those times when he had nothing else to rely on but God. Now he was being put forth in the public. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, who's these, the king. Well, David's typically the king, but Saul, you know, that's, all, that's another story. You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. I like this. But David said to Saul, your servant used to, say used to, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came out and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard. Come on, any beards in the house? And it caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. I love what he said there. I used to keep the sheep. What he was doing, he was prophesying into his future, and so should we. I used to be depressed, but now I'm happy. Come on. I used to be hurt, but God is healing me right now. I used to be rejected, but now I fit in. I used to be bitter, but I'm getting better. Sometimes you got to speak that thing into existence. Come on, we get up every day and we speak the negative into existence. Sometimes we got to pull ourselves up by the bootstrap and just say, okay, I am a child of the living God. If he is for me, who can be against me? Sometimes we got to talk to ourselves. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. You guys talk to yourself sometimes because you start listening to the other voices, the Eliabs out there, and before too long, you're back in a bad place where you used to be. Get up every day and talk to yourself. But he, he told himself, he says, my time as a shepherd was not a waste. They may have looked at David as a waste. He's just a little shepherd boy. He's the least of his family. God does some of his best work in private. He was prepared in the pasture. He learned his skills. He learned how to focus. He learned the biggest thing he learned is he learned how to trust in God because there was nobody else out there to help him. Think about it. When that lion and that bear, dad was at home. The brothers were at home. He had, to, he had to know his skills and he had to know that God was with him in these battles. The bear and the lion were just preparation for the giant. He said, hey man, I done got a bear. Can you imagine wrestling a bear and grabbing a, a, a lion by its beard? You know, that's craziness. But that was preparation for what he was about to go in there. I like what he said in 35. I went out after it. This is for somebody and I struck it. He went out after it. He went out after the lamb, right? He didn't just cut his losses. He could have said, I've got a thousand lambs. I'm not messing with that one. 
Aren't you glad Jesus did not cut his losses on you? Come on, aren't you glad that he didn't look over at Dylan and say, okay, he done messed up for the 43rd time. Goodbye, Dylan. No, he didn't cut his losses. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was you. That's still you. He's pursuing you, and you've got to allow him to pursue you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you that he never gives up. He goes after you. When you, when you give up on yourself, Jesus is standing over the corner saying, don't do it. I'm here for you. Oh, that one was free. Verse 36. Your servant has killed. He's talking to Saul. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. And then David said, the Lord who delivered me, come on, from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he delivered me from the addiction, he delivered me from the bad relationship, the same God that delivered me from, from my past right now is the same God he'll deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said this, he said, go. What are you going to say when you got a boy standing in front of you and you can see the fire and the power? That's why our youth are so important here because we, and we need a youth pastor because there's a fire and a power in them right now. I'm getting old, y'all. We need the next generation to come up and to say, I'm going to fight that bear. I'm going to fight that lion. I'm going to go against what my family told me before. Oh, help us, Jesus. There are bears. There are lions. There are giants. There are weapons, there are enemies that all come against us in the physical. But can I tell you that Satan is the same old enemy? He's out to steal, he's out to kill, he's out to destroy. But sometimes, listen to me, he dresses that giant up in different clothes. Come on, that giant comes at you every day and you recognize that giant, but he's slick. He'll put the giant in different clothing so you don't really recognize it. He'll clothe it in discouragement. He'll clothe it in shame. He'll clothe it in all the temptations that you might face too. But what does he do? And I'm going to talk about this one in a couple weeks. He clothes it in our thoughts, in our imaginations, in our insecurities. The mind is the problem. And he comes in and man, yeah, we know this has happened, but he'll always throw some little, I'm not getting ahead of myself. He'll throw some little something around there to get you off track. But listen to me, no matter the giant, the good news that under God, we are never the underdog. Y'all like that one? That's a Twitter. This is my, this is saying, that's what it says. I said that one time, a long time ago, and I got made fun of. Then they made me a towel that said, that's a Twitter. Never been on Twitter in my life. So it's called a tweet. Now I understand. But good news is that under God, you are never the underdog. David's attitude was this. My God is bigger. Come on. You got to get up every day and say, my God is bigger. My God is stronger. My God is more able. My God is victorious. And you know what? This guy walking out here, he's a big target. How could I possibly miss? He's nine foot tall, weighs 500 pounds. How can I miss? But verse 38 says this. Y'all tell him excited this morning. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. You got to understand how heavy these things were. And he also clothed him with a coat of mail. And David fastened his sword to his armor and he tried to walk. He was like, dang, 
this, this sword's about as long as my legs and it weighs 75 pounds. How in the world am I going to do that? But it says he tried to walk for he had not tested them. And then David said to the king, he says, I cannot walk, I cannot walk in these, much less fight a battle in these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Can I just tell you, you can't go in somebody else's armor. You can't go in what some, you, you have to be authentic. You are the only you that's out there. The Bible says you are fear. Somebody got to know this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The DNA that is in you, there is no other DNA that can match that. The fingerprint that you have right now, and I've been fingerprinted before. I ain't asking who else has been. It's the only one out there. But you put your finger right here, Isaiah, twice. You are fearfully. You are wonderfully made. You are you. He knows the very hairs that you have on the top of your head who used to have them. He quit counting a little while ago on me. But that's how much God knows you. Be you. God has equipped you with what you need to go the way that you are. So many times we try to wear somebody else's armor. So many times we try to do whatever one else is doing. I remember when we first started youth, youth ministry and I was trying to dress like that. I'm, I'm a little cooler than I used to dress, but, but I was trying to be someone else. And one day God said, I want you to be you. But God, they might not accept you. Well, I don't care. I want you to be you. You're not this man and you're not that guy. And I, I battled that for about a year under this ministry. And finally, God released me and says, you be you. You go sweat all over those kids. You be loud and scare them to death sometimes. That's okay. You just be who I've called you to be. Here's what happened is David realized who he was. But more what he realized, who was with him. He's getting prepared to fight this warrior. Look at verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for him five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Okay, here's the inventory. Going out to fight a nine foot tall warrior. I got a stick. I got a slingshot. And I got five rocks. What do you think those soldiers were thinking about David walking out there in the middle of that? He has lost his ever-loving mind. Come on. He spent too much time out in the wilderness. He's done, he's done went a little bit loco. He probably been smoking something out there in the wilderness. Look at this kid. Me? I want a flamethrower, Jason. I want an AK-47 or a 50 caliber. I'm going to wipe him out before I even get across the thing. But that's not the weapons that he chose. He already had everything that he needed to fight this giant. David had already fine-tuned everything that he needed in the wilderness. He fine-tuned his skills. That time in the pasture made him so good and so proficient with that, with that staff and with that rock, man, he wasn't afraid a bit to go uh, fight this giant. I, I can just imagine out in the wilderness, he went ninja with that stick. He probably... And I said last week, man, he hit a... I practiced hit the rocks on a few of the sheep. They were like, oh my gosh, get, get good, son. I can't quit that. But the season you're in right now will produce the weapon you need for the future. Come on, that one will preach. The season you're in right now 
And you may not see the season you're in. You may not understand the season you're in. You Maybe you're looking at the season you're in like, what in the world? It's going to produce the weapon that you need in a future season. As I said before, what you're going through is not just for you. It's for someone else out there too. They're going to need to hear about the season or the experience that you went through so they can get through it. So David goes out there and he walks out on the field and Goliath comes out there and is like, are you kidding me? You sent a boy? Look at this little scrawny kid. You sent a boy out here to fight me? I'm a warrior. But listen, he underestimated who he was about to get into a fight with. And then David said to the Philistine, you came to me, 45, sorry. You came to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It's not what you got. It's not your sword. It's not your spear. It's not the javelin that you have. It's the name of God. The you can have experience. You can have talent. You can do everything else out there. Don't place your hope in what they can do for you. It's not what you got. It's who you got. He says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Can I just tell you something? His name changes everything. The Bible says at one day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Every, every person on the earth is going to bow to that what? The name of Jesus. So don't you think depression can't bow with the name of Jesus? Don't you think anxiety can't bow with the name of Jesus? Can't you think of your giant can't bow? All of, sometimes I told somebody, I don't know how to pray. I said, sometimes all you got to say is Jesus. I don't know what else to say, pastor. I don't pray very good. Just name the name of Jesus because enemies have to flee at the name of Jesus. I love David here. First, this is 17, 46. He said, this day, not tomorrow. Come on, there's a this day for you today. Sometimes we live, oh, help me, Lord, thank you. Sometimes we live for what he can do tomorrow or next week, but there is a this day for you today if you will take advantage of this day. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I'm gonna take your head from you. And this day, I love how he said it twice. I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air. He said, all y'all gonna get eat up by everything out here. 47, and then all the assembly, this is what he did it for shall know that the Lord, come on, he don't save with sword. He doesn't save with spear. The Bible says his weapons are, are not our weapons. For the battle is the Lord and he will give you unto my hand. He was talking smack. You know why he was talking smack? Because he was confident in his big brother. I can remember my little brother, he's five years younger than me, and I can remember he had somebody bullying him one day, and I walked up on this little 13-year-old, and I was about 18, I wasn't going to beat him up, but I was going to scare the duty out of him. And I can remember my brother standing behind me because this, this boy was a lot bigger than him. My brother was scrawny, little, and I was a little chunkier. And I remember him standing behind me. He's like, yeah, what he said. You know, he never bothered my brother again. But he was talking smack to Goliath. In 48, he said, So it was when the Philistines arose and they came and drew near to meet David. I love this part. David hurried. He didn't say, oh my gosh, there's a giant over there. 
I think I'm going to walk over here. Just let me, let me survey the situation again. Dang, he's big. Uh, I don't know if I can really do that. No, it says he hurried and he ran towards the army of the Philistines. Then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it. And he struck the Philistine on the forehead so that the stone sank deep, deep into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the ground. Can I just tell you, your giant can fall on his face to the ground today. Here's another thing. David was skilled, but sometimes you just got to sling it out there and trust God. Faith to sling it. What we do is we try to aim our way. <laughs> we try to aim our way through life, right? We're trying to aim it. Well, if God, if I go this way and if I, if I do this and if I go there, I'm going to get. No, no. Sometimes you just got to sling it out there in faith. What we do is we try to aim our way. We try to rely on our own wisdom. We try to rely on our own pride. We try to rely on our own influence and connections. And we try to rely on our own money, even though God owns it all. Ooh, that's a tithe message. But what do we do? We take matters into our own hands. We try to handle all of our problems out of our own brokenness. How is that working out? We don't do the hard work of inner healing and delivering of deliverance. Miss Terry leads over here. We don't do the hard work to get to the place where God needs us to be. Sometimes you just got to have a faith to sling it out there and trust God to handle it correctly. And when you don't understand, still have the faith to let it go and let God have control. You got to fling it out there. And you, you know what he said as he was flinging it? He said, we will, we will rock you. Come on. We will, we will rock you. He slung that stone and man, he buried it right here. He fell down on the ground. Better than Queen could ever sing it. Can I just tell you, that giant ain't big huh? when he's laying on the ground. You see him standing. Oh, sorry. You see him standing before you. And man, he looks huge. But now he's sprawled out on the ground. He ain't very big anymore. You got to understand that the enemy is under your feet. Come on. The enemy is under your feet. You don't have to stand and look at that giant because that giant is done laid out. Verse 50, I love what he says. So David triumphed over the Philistine. Oh, with only a sling and one stone. He took five. That, that's another story. One stone. For he had no sword, right? Then David ran over and pulled, pulled Goliath. You got this, this story is so awesome. Then David ran over and he pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. And David used it to kill him and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they all turned and ran. The giant's weapon of destruction was used against him. God will equip you with everything that you need to battle, that you need for the battle. But God will use the very thing that the devil tried to kill you with to allow to destroy his, his stronghold in your life. You got to remember God's weapons. They don't look like our weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. They are spiritual. 
What you have is a weapon. You may not think of it, but your story is a weapon. Your experience is a weapon. You may say, oh, Pastor, how can I? No, it's a weapon out there against the enemy because you can look at someone and say, I used to be in darkness, but because God brought me into light, I can stand here now and tell you a different story. Listen, maybe, oh, this is, my wife put this one in here. Maybe what you've learned, I think she did, learned, even if you learned it the hard way. Anybody learned some lessons the hard way in here? Get your hands in the air like you just don't care. Come on. Even that lesson that you felt like you learned the hard way, God can use it for his glory. So how does this story end? God can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. That night in Rupp Arena, I remember watching that game, thinking to myself, there is no way Villanova can win this game. Brett, did they win by like nine? Seven. Hey, he would know that. They won by seven. They were double-digit underdogs. And I remember that night, that place went crazy, and they were talking to him afterwards. How did y'all do it? He said, we worked as a team. We did this as a team. It wasn't an individual effort. But I, the end of this story was the day that a boy took down a giant. And Isaac Neal said this the other day. I'm giving him the credit on this one. David is living proof. Come on. That all it takes is one young generation to shut the mouth of the giant, listen, that paralyzed previous generations. Good one, Isaac. All it takes is one generation of young people to break the back of what's happened. Oh, come on. In your life and in your family, one generation. That's why we're so animate about the young people and the youth of this church. Let me leave you with some quotes. What's coming at you isn't greater than what's coming out of you. Come on, we always look at what's, what's, what's coming at us but we always discount what's coming out of us. Can I just tell you something? God is doing a good work in your life. Don't discount what he's doing in your life. So many times we don't see it because we're, we're so surrounded by the negativity or the giant that's standing in front of you, but you are prepared. God is preparing you. He's taking you to a different place in him, and you're getting to the point where you're about to come out and be victorious over this giant. If there's a Goliath in front of you, there is a David inside of you. Come on. He didn't, just, he didn't just wrap this around for David. This is all for all of us in there. You gotta say to yourself, I'm not, hold on a minute, Jesus. Yeah, here we go. My iPad just went nuts. You gotta say to yourself, I'm not gonna leave here today talking about my giants anymore. I'm not going to leave here today talking about my problems or, or my past. And let's leave here today talking about the one that's on our side. Can I just tell you this much? He's undefeated. If he is for you, then who can be against you? I know I'm repeating myself, but God is our refuge. He is our strength. You gotta be excited. He's our ever present help in a time of trouble. When you need him, he's there for you each and every time. The Bible says, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. You know why? Because he's with me walking in that valley. So many times we want to camp out in the valley. God says, don't keep walking. Come on, keep walking. 
Even if it's a little bit hard and, and maybe you're only taking baby steps out there, keep taking them baby steps, keep going forward, he's with you. You have to do some work to get on God's team. I know that sounds a little bit religious, doesn't it? If y'all would stand with me, I missed my cue on that one. This is not really a religious statement, but you have to do some work to get onto God's team. And what do you mean, Pastor? You can go ahead and dim the lights if you would. Salvation is the first step. And that's not by works. It's simply coming to God and saying, okay, God, I believe you are the Son of God. I'm trying to make this as practical and as easy for you to understand. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe because you died on the cross for me, that you shed your blood for me, that I could be forgiven of my sins if I ask. So many times we fall short, we just keep asking God, you can never forgive me for that or you can never do this for me. No, no, no. God doesn't differentiate sins. He forgives them all. Then you go through the process and say, okay, God, come into my heart change me. Make me new. I know that process may not be just like that, but God, start the process in me. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, it doesn't say you might be saved. You possibly can be saved. No, it says you will be saved. So this morning, Ask a prayer. The prayer team is going to be up on the left and the right up here. If you need somebody to agree with you, maybe you've never walked through that valley of the uh, valley into salvation. God says today is a new day. But also think about these words. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you can be saved. You can do that in the back row, middle row, front row. But there's something about walking down here and getting someone to agree with you. And then maybe you don't need prayer with someone else. Maybe you just need prayer around the altar for yourself this morning. And if you make that step, fill out the card. We're doing that because we want to help you make the next step in your salvation journey. Listen, this is a journey that we're all, we're better together in this whole thing. It ain't just your journey. It's our, our journey. This morning, I got something from Destiny Fellowship and I thought it was so cool. It said this, they don't know what I'm preaching on for the last four weeks. So the secret of David's victory wasn't in how he fought. It was how he thought. His mind was renewed and he knew he was in covenant with God. He knew he had been anointed to fight and no giant would ever be big enough. Come on, how, how does God work that out? You know, I get this text at seven o'clock in the morning. Big enough to keep you from your victory. But let me tell you what, the most effective weapon the enemy has is you not showing up for battle. That's the only way you lose if you get out of the battle. So I'm, telling, I'm giving you a directive this morning to get up, show up. And as they get ready to sing this song, if you want to need prayer for anything, anything, come down front. God is here. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com 
or follow us on social media at My Big Church. We love you guys. See you soon.